Hello and welcome to Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew Corbett. And I hope that we as a people will say, God, if there's anything in us that you find displeasing, please deal with it now, not on Judgment Day. Who was Jeremiah? Tonight from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, an introductory look at the prophet who wept. Let's join Dr. Corbett now. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, as we open up your word now, we do pray for that insight. We pray that you would bring things to our remembrance because this is what Jesus said you would do. We pray that you would also help us to be able to see how this applies to us and how we can become better followers of Christ because we understand what you have said through your servant, Jeremiah. So I pray, Lord, that you would help me. I pray, Lord, that you would open hearts as this word is shared in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Jeremiah. And we're starting at chapter 1 and verse 1. And... If you know anything about Jeremiah, you may know this. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah, the prophet who wept. He was the weeping prophet. We have many, several times throughout Jeremiah where it says that he felt like his head was made of water. Where I guess in some sense it's possible for us today to, to read the word rather coldly. And it's possible for us to look at even what Jeremiah had to say and think not much of it. And part of my mission through this journey through Jeremiah is to somehow take you back before we can understand what it says to us today or rather for us today. We need to get a better understanding of what it said to the original audience and how they understood it and how Jeremiah himself was impacted as he shared this word. I want to show you why the book of Jeremiah is so important. The book of Jeremiah is a prophetic book, punctuates the life of Christ. Jeremiah had something to say about the birth and arrival of Christ, and he had something to say about the betrayal and death of Christ. Jeremiah, in fact, shares many parallels with Jesus. Both of them were single men. In fact, Jeremiah was told that he would never take a wife. They were both prophets. But not only were they prophets, they both saw their particular prophecies fulfilled, not all of them, but many of them fulfilled within their own lifetime. Not all the prophets could claim that. In fact, some of the prophet, uh, pr uh, prophecies that, for example, Isaiah gave, they weren't fulfilled for another 700 years. So you can well imagine what he may have gone through toward the end of his life when he was eventually assassinated or executed by Manasseh, the doubt perhaps, did I get it right? But Jeremiah prophesied what might be considered the mother of prophecies for the nation of Israel. 
And as he pleaded with the people, as he was prophesying over that, that, that prophetic career that he had, which would have lasted somewhere in 26 or so years, he saw it fulfilled before his eyes. And he became known around the world as a prophet of the one true living God. His impact on world history still reverberates today. An amazing man. In one sense, if you are struggling with your faith and perhaps your confidence in God's word, Jeremiah will solve that for you. If you are struggling with the question, is there a God? Jeremiah will solve that for you. If you're struggling, can anyone really know the future? Jeremiah will solve that question for you as well. This is a very important book. Similarly to Jesus, Jesus and Jeremiah shared something that perhaps they wouldn't have liked to have shared, and that is they both essentially failed in their attempts to turn Israel back to God. They both failed. And we have that scene in Jeremiah where he stands over the city and he weeps. And we have that scene in Matthew 23 where Jesus does the same, where he weeps over the city because they would not heed his word. And Jesus, looking over the city in much the same way that Jeremiah looked over the city, began to weep for the city. He felt what he was saying. This makes this prophet, Jeremiah, rather unusual. He was a very compassionate prophet. I don't know what picture you have of people that claim to be prophets or perhaps as you read biblical prophets, but perhaps we can all too easily form the opinion that these are hard-nosed, hardened men who just didn't really care. They just wanted to get the word out. That's not Jeremiah. In fact, the word was so hard on him. The burden, he, at times he calls this word a burden that he's, he's struggling, his knees are buckling under to, to carry that load. And then as he shares it, he shares it and then he cries and he pleads with the people, listen to this word, it will save your life. Jeremiah was similar to Christ, perhaps in this most preeminent way. He foretold of a new covenant. And if we could sum up anything to do with what Christ taught, surely Christ taught about the new covenant. And it was Jeremiah that actually uses the expression new covenant. A new covenant was coming. Jeremiah and Jesus were both from Israel. They were both Although Jeremiah wasn't from the tribe of Judah, he was from the tribe of Levi, he lived in Judah. He had become one of the Judeans, although he was in that part where Benjamin had began to integrate into Judah. And like Jesus, being one of the people, he pleaded with his own people. And yet not only did his own people not heed his word, they cruelly, cruelly, mistreated him and we're going to see a man 
who's going to cry out to God probably with exactly what you and I would cry out with, exactly the same kind of prayer. We're going to find Jeremiah at, at, at times when, when he's being hands tied behind his back and feet bound, dragged behind a horse as they take him to the city Dungwell, as they then lower him down with hessian rope, face first into the dung pit as punishment for his prophecies. This is a man that paid a price. This is a man that was imprisoned, beaten, but eventually, like Christ, vindicated. Jeremiah, like Jesus, prophesied something that was completely unfathomable. Uh, it, just, it, it just would not even find a slot in the thinking file of your average Jew. And this is what Jeremiah said. It's exactly what Jesus said. This is what they said. This temple in which you put your trust will be destroyed. Jeremiah puts it this way. The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Do not say the temple of the Lord. And these Jews who had seen the glory of the temple recently repaired under the ministrations of King Josiah found, just, found Jeremiah's prophecy that this temple would be destroyed inconceivable. Just as Christ's own disciples found it inconceivable when Jesus said it was going to happen within their lifetime as well. And so when the temple is destroyed, it shows, according to the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, that God is prepared to use heathen nations, ungodly nations, to judge his people. Just as Jesus said, this would be done by the Romans in their day. So we have this amazing little statement. It's found in Matthew 16, verse 14, when Jesus asks the question, who do men say I am? One of the responses some say you are Jeremiah. The parallels were obvious even in Christ's own day. Some say you are Jeremiah. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 1. We'll come back to this in a moment as well. But this is how the book is introduced. And I want to just make a statement about Old Testament literature and how it's structured. But this is what it says. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. It goes on and it says, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It, also, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. What, is, what has Jeremiah just done? He's, he's just given us the entire overview of the book. And this is very, very common in the way Old Testament literature is put together. A statement is made that encompasses much into the future then that might be the first two verses. Then the next verse goes way back into the past 
and it will try and catch up to the opening two verses. We find examples of this when Adam and Eve, it says, had many sons and daughters. We're not told the names of any, I don't think, of any of their daughters. And, and that, that opening statement then in Genesis 5 launches into two of their children, Cain and Abel. And, and you know that when Cain killed Abel, Cain went off and founded a city and took a wife. And most of you who've ever had a thought into your head that goes like this, where did he get his wife from? And what we're not appreciating is Hebrew literature will make a statement. Adam and Eve had many sons and daughters. Now here's Cain and Abel. And what we're not picking up is much, much history could have transpired and this is the way scripture does this. I think we see the same thing in Genesis chapter 1. It gives the overview of creation. Then Genesis chapter 2 comes back into a part of that, day 6, and gives some detail. So this is typical Old Testament uh, literary form. We've got the complete overview of the entire history of Jeremiah's life. This is when I started. This is when my ministry was completed. Now we're going to go into the detail. So who was Jeremiah? What do we know about Jeremiah? Well, in, in this opening verse, we, we can actually pinpoint that if he was the son of Hilkiah, chances are if the Lord called him at the age that a boy becomes a man, which is the age of 13, we can actually pinpoint that Jeremiah would have been born around 639 BC. 639 BC. We, we see that he was the son of a priest. And some of the background information that perhaps would be helpful to us as we look at who this Jeremiah was, you'll notice he doesn't call himself a prophet. In fact, he doesn't call himself anything. He just says, I'm this man's son and the word of the Lord came to me during the reign of these kings. That doesn't tell us a lot about Jeremiah and I guess if all you knew was the first two verses, you could think, well, a bit cold, but hang on. Come with us on this journey. You're going to meet someone who is anything but cold. You're going to meet a man who at one point the Lord gives him a prophecy about his underwear. I mean, I don't know how personal you want to get with others, but that was then recorded for all of mankind to read. That's not what I call a closed book. This Jeremiah, he bears it all as far as what's going on in his heart. At one point, I remember just after I'd become a Christian, I was reading the Living Bible and I was reading through Jeremiah, probably one of the books that I've read the most and I've never preached on it before today. And, and I read this prayer of Jeremiah and I, said, I, I, I owned it. I said, that's my prayer, where the prophet Jeremiah, he's just having a hard time. And he says, God, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore, Lord. So I need you to change my heart, not the way you normally change hearts, but do it gently. <laughs> Correct me, Lord, and do it gently. And I just highlighted that in every Bible I've had since then. I, I, I highlight that one. I go, oh, God, that's my prayer. If you did it for Jeremiah, please do it for me. If you've got to correct me and make changes, just be nice about it. What, a, what an insight into this man. Someone whose heart was open to God. Now, here's something that 
I hope every parent sees. This man identifies himself as the son of someone. What a great thing. What a great thing to honour his dad. He was the son of Hilkiah. He was the son of a priest. And it was during this time, during the priest, the priesthood of Hilkiah, that King Josiah had the law of Moses. Well, the law of Moses had been rediscovered. Now, that might sound strange that Israel for such a long time was without a copy of the law. And then one day in a part of the temple, it, they, they were exploring and they found it embedded behind the, the, the clay plaster of the wall in a jar. And they found it and they found the law and the law was discovered and the law was copied and the priests began teaching it around Israel. And Josiah, King Josiah, became king in 639 BC, just when Jeremiah was born. And so just after Josiah was proclaimed king, the law was found. And we read in Second Chronicles and Second Kings that, that that law was taught throughout Israel. And Hilkiah, no doubt, would have been one of the priests teaching the law. And he's got a newborn son, Jeremiah. You can imagine what Jeremiah listened to night after night, day after day. The law, the law. But he's not hearing it the way others are hearing it. He's hearing about the God of the law. And his heart, I can imagine, said, I give my heart to this God. And so we have this Jeremiah who would go on. As many prophets did, this prophet Jeremiah went on to become one of the most important historians for the nation of Israel. This man, Jeremiah, probably was the one who compiled first and second kings so if you've got if you ever read first and second kings it would have been edited and compiled by jeremiah so he became one of the most significant people in the history of israel now the name jeremiah interestingly if you come with me to chapter one and verses nine and ten hopefully we'll, we'll revisit this in a moment but i want you to I want you to see, because oftentimes it's, it's interesting just to look at the names of these guys. I mean, what does Jeremiah mean? What does that name mean? Well, we're not exactly sure. We're not exactly sure, but, but it's interesting because what we're going to see throughout this book is that there's serious word plays happening all the time. Where the Lord says something and it sounds just very similar to something else. And Jeremiah will repeat it back to the Lord and the Lord will go, that's right, it does sound like that, therefore I'm about to do this. So here's one of those word plays. The name Jeremiah. We, we have this, this interesting account where in the opening verses, the Lord calls him and... Uh, we come down to verse 9. It says, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. Here we go, verse 10. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms. Now, your Bible might put these next three phrases one line at a time because it's telling us something's going on in the Hebrew here that you're not going to pick up in English. And this, these are the three lines. To pluck up and break down, 
to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the Hebrew word for each of those three things is like a vowel thingamajigger off the name Jeremiah. So many scholars believe that the name Jeremiah, the definition of the name Jeremiah means pretty much those three statements. To clear, to put a foundation down and to build. So this is the name Jeremiah, someone who clears away the the rubble and the faults, lays a proper foundation and begins to build. And we have that word play happening in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 1 of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah in in chapter 9 and verse 1, early in his prophetic career, He says, I can't control my heart. I can't control my eyes. Oh, it feels like my head is full of water and my eyes are taps and I just can't stop weeping for my people. And so Jeremiah, as he weeps fountains of tears, my eyes are fountain of tears, he says, and he weeps day and night. For the slain of the daughter of Jerusalem, the daughter of his people. He's crying not only for the condition of his people, but prophetically he's seeing something and what he sees drives him to tears. And that's exactly what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 23, where he himself wept over the city of Jerusalem, which is another way of saying the people of Jerusalem. So the background to, to the book of Jeremiah in those first three verses, we, we, we have some king's names and those names might just be random to you. We have three kings of Judah mentioned and a king of Babylon alluded to. So this is, this is part of the background. It was, it was in the law of Moses around the closing chapters of Deuteronomy that we read God saying to his people, if, powerful word, if, if you keep my covenant, you will dwell in the land securely, safely, and you will prosper if you keep my covenant. But if you do not keep my covenant, we read, then you will be spewed out of the land. And a nation whose language you do not understand will come and they will take you by force out of the land. And Jeremiah would have heard that as a young boy. And when Jeremiah was about 13 and the law was discovered and this was taught, the Lord called Jeremiah. We're going to see that in a moment in the opening verses here. And King Josiah died At a very young age, he was very young when he became king. He was only eight years old when he became king. He he died quite young. I think it was an age in his 30s that he died. He was succeeded by, it says, his brother, uh, Jehoiakim. And Jehoiakim was a wicked king. And Jeremiah challenged him to repent 
challenged him. And Jehoiakim had him treated very cruelly. And we're going to read some of those anecdotes. Jeremiah doesn't talk a lot about it, but he refers to it. And then the Babylonians came in just as Moses had said they would when the condition of the people was like this. And Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiakim back to Babylon to be a a permanent prisoner. It was a, a great act of humiliation. And then he appointed, it says, his brother, whose name was Mataniah, and he changed his name from Mataniah to Zedekiah, which again, in that culture, is I have power over you. I can change your name. I can do whatever I want with you. You're a puppet king. And Jeremiah prophesied for most of his ministry to this king, Zedekiah. And there was obviously a bond that grew between them, although in the early days there was animosity from Zedekiah to Jeremiah. And we know there was a bond that developed because what happened was Zedekiah saw that the prophecies that Jeremiah was giving came to pass. They came to pass when Jeremiah said they were going to happen and Zedekiah, being no extreme fool, recognised Maybe Jeremiah is speaking on behalf of God. And then there's a point right near the end where Zedekiah calls for Jeremiah and says, I know you are a true prophet. Please give me the word of the Lord. And Jeremiah, in one of those moments of frustration that I'm sure many pastors have felt when people come to them and say, I'm just not being fed. And many a pastor has probably gone, it's because you haven't been eating. I've been dishing up Sunday by Sunday. And Jeremiah says to Zedekiah at that moment, I have no word for you. Why? Because for 16 years, Jeremiah had pleaded, he had Spoken, he had appealed, he had prophesied, and Zedekiah refused to hear. And when Zedekiah did momentarily repent, Jeremiah gave him a word he didn't want to hear. And it came to pass exactly as Jeremiah said. And we'll get to that eventually, probably in a few years, when we when we get to that bit. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter one. Verse 1, the scene is set. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah. I said before, he doesn't introduce himself. He just launches in. Why? Because by the end of his life, he was known around the world. He could say, I'm Jeremiah. Just as Jesus could say, Jesus, that name Jesus has become a special name too. And it didn't take long for that name Jesus to become special. We read in Colossians that there was a man in the church there whose name was Jesus. And what did he do? He changed it to justice because that name Jesus had become so important. The name Jeremiah had become important. He was known. He was clearly known by Nebuchadnezzar because when the final invasion, there was three invasions by Babylon when they finally came in, 
Nebuzaradan, the Nebuchadnezzar's uh, general, sought out Jeremiah and said, Are you the Jeremiah we've heard about? Yes, the king has set aside luxury for you in his palace if you will come with us. And Jeremiah declined the offer. But it tells us two things. Firstly, Jeremiah was well known outside of Israel. Secondly, just how highly he was thought of. Now, I think it was Jeremiah who sowed the seed in Nebuchadnezzar for his eventual conversion. And Nebuchadnezzar, under the ministry of somebody who was even younger than Jeremiah, whose name was Daniel, who I think is one of the greatest men that have ever lived, who would have walked the streets of Jerusalem as a young boy, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, listening to this prophet who was 19, 20, 21 years of age, a very, very young man. And as Jeremiah prophesied, this young boy, Daniel, who grew up in the king's court, it says, listened to Jeremiah, heeded Jeremiah. When he left for Babylon, he made sure he had a copy of the scrolls of the prophecies of Jeremiah. How do we know that? It says it in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 1. And it was Jeremiah who, who, who sparked that seed of, of conversion in Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is the only heathen king, ungodly king, who converts to religion of the one true God and is given the honour of having two chapters of the Bible written by him. Isn't that amazing? Not all the Bible's written by Hebrews. There are two chapters written by a Babylonian converted king, Daniel's chapter 3 and Daniel's chapter 4. An amazing thing. So Jeremiah played a significant role in that. So this book of Jeremiah would have been written sometime around, the first writings would have occurred sometimes around, around 605 BC. So Jeremiah has been prophesying for quite some time and then the Lord tells him, now write it down. Write it down around 605 BC and it probably would have stopped. The, the book would have come to an end sometime around 570 or so BC. The final invasion of uh, Jerusalem was around 586 BC. So we read in verse 4 this simple statement about this man. Now the word of the Lord came to me. It's a very simple statement. As I ponder it, it just it, it, it reverberates in my mind. The word of the Lord came to me. This was not a man who called himself. This was not somebody who decided he would become a prophet. Jeremiah was very, very young when he was called. And throughout this book, we're going to see that as God gives him the word of the Lord for nations... The word of the Lord comes through Jeremiah, not only to himself several times, but to those around him. What, what is an incredible thing that here is the God of the universe speaking through this young man about nations. And in the midst of that, God speaks to Jeremiah himself. He speaks to his best friend Baruch and he speaks to individuals. God is concerned 
with people and with nations. So as we look at Jeremiah, you need to know something, that the biblical prophet was often the message himself. The prophet was often called to do things that was the message. And we're going to see that as we look at Jeremiah, he's going to be called to do some fairly strange things. And he's going to live in a realm where things carry importance that otherwise for most people don't carry importance. One of the early, in fact, the first prophecy that he, that he received was another word play. It's interesting how God is playing a word game with a young boy. And so we're going to see that God used everyday, ordinary things, an almond tree, a wash pot, a man's loincloth or his underwear to make a point. So when we read biblical prophecy, when you understand about biblical prophecy, you understand that God is going to use things that perhaps he's going to interpret for us as well. I hope as we look at this major prophet, this book of Jeremiah, I hope we're going to learn some things. I hope you're going to see that in chapter 29, and I'm sure there's probably not a person who hasn't seen a fridge magnet with Jeremiah 29 verses 11, 12 and 13 on it. And in that it, it talks, you know, this is the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. And Jeremiah reveals that, that in a covenant relationship, it is God's heart to bless his people. God wants to bless his people because of the covenant they have with him. This is what we learn. But we also learn that because we're in a covenant with God, Jeremiah was telling the people of Israel that because you're in a covenant with God, God holds you more accountable. He holds you more accountable. I don't like, and I don't see it very often these days, that Christian bumper sticker that says, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. It's almost as if... That's my license to be less than what a Christian should be. Now, I know none of us are perfect, but you know what? We're not just forgiven. We're also called. We're not just forgiven. We're called. And we need God's help to live up to that call. And what we're going to learn from Jeremiah is this, as it, this is one of the major themes throughout the book, and it's this. God always warns before he judges. And I hope that we as a people will say, God, if there's anything in us that you find displeasing, please deal with it now, not on Judgment Day. Deal with it now. Warn me about it now. So this is what I hope we can see from the prophet Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, that God's heart is to bless his people. And God wants his people to be wholly dedicated to him. We're going to see this through the life of Jeremiah and his book. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would continue to speak to us through the sacred writings of this prophet. This man who prophesied things and within days, weeks and months they were being fulfilled to the letter. Undeniable, unmistakable. And even a pagan king could attest to the truthfulness of this man, Jeremiah, that he must have been a prophet of the living God. And Father, I pray that as we examine 
this book, our faith will be strengthened, our hearts will, be, will become warm and open to you, that, Lord, will be open to you changing us and that we will pray with Jeremiah, have your way in us gently. Now, Lord, if there be those who are listening to my voice right now and they have never surrendered to Christ, they've never given their lives over to Christ, I invite you to do that right now. God is a God who loves you, who wants to bless you. Your life might be in a mess right now, but God wants to bring restoration and love into your life. And if that's you right now, just as we're praying, I invite you to pray this prayer. Lord God, save my soul, heal my life and make me whole. Help me to live the way I should, I pray. Amen. An introductory look at Jeremiah, the prophet who wept. For a CD copy of tonight's message, the first in a series on Jeremiah, please contact Lagana Media via the website findingtruthmatters.org or at P.O. Box 1143, Lagana, Tasmania 7277. Podcasts and other resources are also available from the Finding Truth Matters website. To subscribe to the monthly e-newsletter Perspectives, visit findingtruthmatters.org and click subscribe. Dr. Corbett is pastor of Lagana Christian Church and president of ICI Theological College Australia. We invite you to join us at the same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.